Welcome to the Growing with Nature podcast. I'm your host, Darren Williams, permaculture enthusiast, restoration ecologist, and founder of Growing with Nature. Too often, we hear that the best thing we can do for nature is to leave it alone. But people are a part of nature, and you can make the living world around you come alive with abundance for people, plants, and wildlife, even in your own backyard. Join me on a journey through regenerative soil building, permaculture, restoration ecology, and more. To learn concrete steps you can take at home to support wildlife, grow incredible, delicious food, and help heal our living world right in your own backyard. Ready to get started? Grab a shovel, roll up your sleeves, and let's make the living world around you come alive. In this episode, we're going to cover one of my favorite perennial vegetables, purple tree collards. These fantastic perennial vegetables not only taste great, you know, even a single plant can provide an abundance of harvest all year round. Tree collards can easily replace other collard greens and kale in your meals. You know, so let's, let's dive in and explore these great vegetables. So what are purple tree collards? Tree collards are a type of perennial brassica. They're related to broccoli, kale, cabbage, and many other types of brassicas. But unlike most of the common brassicas that you may have grown, you know, purple tree collards are perennial. You know, this means you only have to plant them once and they provide harvest year after year. And as you may have guessed from the name, purple tree collards get quite big. They can easily grow over six feet. Though, you know, with some pruning, you can keep them shorter and bushier. Though you do have to keep up at it, they, they grow really fast. And, you know, they just really do make a great addition to any perennial food system. You know, we've got three purple tree collards growing along the south side of our house. And those three easily provide more year-round greens than we can eat. They really just are great. Um, but before we talk more about purple tree collards and how to get started with them, I want to take a moment to read a recent review from one of our listeners, uh, Tara HRV fan. Tara says, I've been on Darren's mailing list for a long time, and as an avid podcast listener, I was excited to learn he started a podcast. I'm halfway through the first episode, and I've already learned so much valuable information. I'm going to get some Chekramalo for my food forest. It sounds like such a cool plant, and I'm excited to be able to contribute to food for native pollinators. You know, thank you so much, Tara, for being part of our community and for leaving this review. It means the world to me to know that our podcast is helping people like you. You know, thanks again, and good luck with your chakramalos. I hope you enjoy them. We really love ours. And I just want to say, if, you know, if you like what you hear today, you know, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen. You know, your review really does help more people find us. You know, people like you who want to bring these skills home to enjoy wildlife, grow more food, and help heal our living world. Okay, let's get started. You know, when I first got my purple tree collards, they were just so small just a few inches high and only a couple leaves on each. It was hard to imagine them living up to their reputation for being tree-like. You know, so I just built a little simple trellis around them to help hold them up. And for the first year, it worked fine. As, you know, the tree collars, you know, they, they were just getting established, so they were growing a little slowly that first year. But then in the second year, they just took off and quickly overwhelmed that trellis. You know, they were falling over into our paths. It just, it wasn't good. So I pruned them back, got them bushier, but they regrew with such abundance that I really had to build a much larger and tougher trellis. You know, they really are tree collards. And once it's established, these plants just grow and grow. You will never run out of collard greens if you grow tree collards. But purple tree collards, you know, 
Downside to them, they're not the most cold tolerant of plants. You know, here in USDA zone 8, they do fine, and they should be able to handle zone 7 temperatures if planted in a warm microclimate. But if you get colder than about 10 degrees Fahrenheit, then your tree collards may die back if you don't give them extra protection. And if you're wondering about what USDA zone you're in, uh, there's a link in the resources section of the show notes that you can check out um, to look up your climate zone. But basically, you know, below below 10 degrees Fahrenheit, you might have some issues with your tree collards. But the one thing you can do, though, is that tree collards are really easy to root from cuttings. So one great option is just to, in the fall, is to take some cuttings and bring them inside and root them out. So that way, if, if you do have an unusually cold winter or something like that, you, you're, you'll be able to keep your plants going and just replant them. You know, I, I've seen some people doing that in cold areas. You know, our tree collards are planted along the south side of our house, and they love it there. They're thriving. And they still get frosted, and tree collards, you know, they actually taste even better after a frost. You know, all that, that cold tends to actually sweeten the leaves a bit. Some people only harvest them in the fall and winter. Uh, we harvest them year-round, but they do taste a little better um, in the colder times of the year, which is great because that's when a lot of times we don't get as many greens from our other plants. You know, we use them a lot as cooked greens, but we also chop them up and use them with other greens in our salads. You know, you can use purple tree collards really in any recipe that calls for kale, collard greens, and even charter spinach. You know, the flavor is a little different than charter spinach, but we really like them, and really anything that calls for just, like, leafy greens, can you can use these plants instead. You know, just a little word of warning if you're cooking with them. You know, when I've cooked them in a pan, you know, sautéing them up with some oil, you know, they kind of surprised me at first because they've got the habit of popping a bit when they're he- just heating up. You know, sometimes they pop so much that they literally jump right out of the pan. So I always make sure now to keep a cover over the pan until they soften up a bit. Just you know, you don't want them jumping around and, you know, splattering oil outside of all over, you know, around your oven. And, you know, these leaves too, they can get quite large, you know, bigger than your hand, you know, so they're really big and it only takes a few leaves, you know, for most meals. They, you know, these leaves really go a long ways, though you can harvest younger leaves, which are actually the best for salads because they're more tender and they're also a lot smaller. And the big leaves get some pretty big stems on them, but those stems, if you dice them up, and saute them, you know, cook them, they or steam them, they really taste great. You know, this episode is going to be a little shorter because we're just focusing on a single plant. And I hope, but I hope you're excited about purple tree collards. You know, I hope you're going to give them a try. You know, they really are fantastic perennial greens. And they really are a great addition to any perennial food system. You know, we did a blog post about um, purple tree collards a little while ago, too, that has some additional information. So there's a link to that ep- that blog post. Um in the show notes. So make sure you check that out. You know, and really just a few purple tree collards can, they really will help you cultivate abundance for people, plants and wildlife. You know, you're going to see as a brassica, you're going to see cabbage butterflies or cabbage moths on them, but really don't worry about it. You know, these plants grow so fast that there really are plenty to share with the caterpillars. And while they'll eat up some leaves, there'll be plenty of leaves not even touched. And you know, the great thing talking about cultivating abundance for people, plants, and wildlife is we often see songbirds flitting about our tree collards. And, you know, if watching them, want, they're right outside our kitchen window so we can really see them while they're doing their stuff. And they often, you know, will pop up and their beaks will just be full of little green caterpillars. You know, so I'm really happy to help feed our local birds 
you know, we're also all while getting, you know, really great abundant harvest for, you know, my family and for our community. And, you know, if, if you're ready to get started with Purple Tree Collards, if they sound like something you'd be interested in, then I highly recommend checking out the Project Tree Collards site. You know, this is the site that I first learned about tree collards from. You know, tree collards can can be a bit hard to find. They're not the most common. But this site, the Purple Tree Collards site, you know, they have a bunch of cuttings and rooted cuttings for sale, including even a mix of colors. They actually have more now than when I got mine. You know, these colors are purple, green, and even some blue ones, and even some others that were kind of like a mix of green and purple. They're, they're, they all look kind of cool, and you could really start having a little mosaic of colors. You know, we got our three tree collars from this site. They were rooted. They worked great. They got established. And, you know, once you get a few established, you can easily grow more from your own cuttings. You know, we've grown some from cuttings for family to give away. You know, they really take easily. And they, you know, you have to prune them back ever so often. So you're always getting cuttings that you can um, root and either plant more at your place or give away to other people. You know, I got a link to the Project Tree Collars site in the resources section of the show notes. So make sure you, you check that out. You know, there's a link in the episode description. So I hope you've enjoyed this. You know, really just wanted to introduce Purple Tree Collars to you if you hadn't heard about them. You know, they're just one example of a fantastic perennial vegetable. And, you know, if you grow these, you're if you live in an area where you can grow these, you know, it's just you're just going to get so much food from them. You know, just three plants. They were so small when I got them, but now, you know, they're well over my height easily, you know, probably <laughs> they're just getting huge, you know, these plants. Even one that was slow to get going out of the three, now it's as big as the other ones. And I'm going to have to go out and prune them all back pretty soon, just waiting for this heat wave to end. And, you know, we're going to prune them back. I'll feed a bunch of them to our chickens, probably compost some of them because it's just there's more than we can eat. We're going to give away a bunch too as we prune them, but there's just so much here. And they'll, I've pruned them back this way I do in the past and they just rebound. And all there's, you know, by the end of the summer, there's going to be, I'll be probably needing to prune them again before the fall. You know, they just, they are amazing, great perennial greens. And they really are an example of how switching to perennial vegetables just can really does result in more abundance. You know, they just, produce so much more food than our traditional veggies do. You know, the annuals that we often grow. Because these plants, they're already established. So, you know, in the spring, they're already going. And ones like these, like the tree collards, you know, they're providing greens all year round. So you're never waiting for them to get reestablished. You know, you're not having to replant them year after year. So I hope you enjoyed that. And don't worry, you know, if you can't grow these, if you live in an area that's too cold for them, we're going to cover some more cold-tolerant you know, perennial greens later. And I will put a link in the show notes in the resources section to a blog post we wrote a while back that is all about cold tolerant uh, perennial greens. So hope you enjoyed this episode and make sure to stay tuned for our next episode where we're going to dive into the soil food web and why it's a critical part of cultivating abundance for people, plants, and wildlife. All right. I hope you enjoyed that episode and thank you for listening to the Growing With Nature podcast. This podcast is made possible thanks to our patrons over on Patreon.com. Thank you, patrons, for supporting our work. And if you like what you hear, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen. Your review will help more people find us, people like you, who want to bring these skills home to support wildlife, grow food, and help heal our living world. Well, that's all for now. 
See you next week. Same time, same place. Have a great week and keep on growing.